0: 1 2 Welcome 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 special people If you're listening to this I know that you're special I know that you have interesting interests I know that you're calm you have patience you're Interested in things, you can sit for at least a half an hour. I like all of you. Welcome to episode number two of Music of the Month. Music of the Month is a show I thought about while I was sitting in my car on my lunch break and I wrote it down in my little notebook and all it is is I'm going to play you five songs that I'm listening to this month I'm not trying to change the world I'm just my music interests are very vast and wide and deep and I'm just throwing some songs at you course, what's better than songs? Information. So, with the song will come information, <music> and so on and so on. I hope that sounds good to you. Whew, what a day. Cashier's assistant just know that y'all are lucky that i made it to you okay no more bs let's get right into it music of the month no bs okay the first song it's called like a ship by pastor t.l barrett and the youth for christ choir thomas lee barrett jr born 1944 better known professionally as pastor t.l barrett and reverend t.l barrett is an american pentecostal preacher and gospel musician Barrett is a preacher on Chicago's South Side. Shut town, shut down. That reminds me of Kanye. Remember last month, Chicago's South Side, who released gospel albums in the 1970s. As a musician, he was largely unknown outside of Chicago until a resurgence in interest in his music occurred in the 2010s. Oh God, the 2010s. Ugh. His father died when Barrett was 16, and then moved to Queens, where he lived with his uncle and took a job at Flushing Hospital extracting glands from cadavers. Then he worked as a shoe shiner, and then the Waldorf Astoria. Okay, look, Pastor T.L. Barrett and the Youth for Christ Choir. Let's just get to it. Pastor T.L. Barrett and the Youth for Christ Choir released an album, Like a Ship Without a Sail, in 1971. The Youth for Christ Choir, led by Barrett, was approximately 40-member ensemble of children ages 12 to 19, which grew out of his Tuesday night weekly choir meetings. Cool. Man, imagine going to, like, like you have to go to choir and, like, it ends up— Well, you guys don't know. You may not know this song. But, man. So, anyways, why did I choose this song, Like a Ship, by Pastor T.L. Barrett and the Youth for Christ Choir out of 1971? Uh, I love this song. It makes me feel like there is a God. I don't know if I believe in God. I don't know what that is, or I don't not believe. But when I hear this album, the whole album, this song especially, it makes me believe in God. It makes me believe that they believe in God. There's about 75 tambourines in an echoed room. The bass line is like something that came from outer space. The drumming, the recording quality, the sound, the emotion. This song's where it's at. ¶¶ Let's move on. The next song, An Artist, is 10,000 Words in a Cardboard Box by a musician named Twink. John Charles Edward Alder, born November nineteen 1944, better known as Twink, is an English drummer, singer, and songwriter who is a central figure in the English psychedelic movement. Okay, basically, this guy is super talented, is, he's still alive, I cannot believe it, someone I like is living... He was basically all over the place in the 60s playing Psychedelia, doing this, doing that. He played in bands such as The Pretty Things, Pink Fairies, he collaborated with Hawkwind, y'all know Hawkwind, did a little acting even. Okay, this album, Think Pink, I mean, the cover is great, all the inner and outer artwork, I have the vinyl, of course, all the songs are great. I mean, I can go on and on about this album. He recorded his first solo album, Think Pink, towards the end of his tenure with The Pretty Things. Oh yeah, this is interesting. In spring 2018, Twink and John Povey released a concept album of music inspired by the poetry of Aleister Crowley under the band name Star Sponge Vision, entitled Crowley and Me. That's right, the B666, a.k.a. Aleister Crowley, the wickedest man in the world, I've been reading a lot about him. Actually, I've been reading about uh, Freemasonry in my new Freemasonry book I bought. Aleister Crowley. I could go on and on about him and his ideals and how they're in pop culture, and but that's actually for a fan club episode coming up. So when I lived in L.A., I worked at a record store called Aaron's Records. It was at one one five zero North Highland, and I had like this apartment. In walking distance from there and it had a fireplace and a balcony and my cat and I would just like sit on the balcony and be like oh my god we live in Hollywood we could see the Hollywood sign I mean and you literally like would walk in and flip a switch and a fireplace would turn on and I wasn't rich at all I mean I worked at a record store but like I had a roommate and I don't even know what was happening honestly but anyways when I was at work one day, a coworker came up to me and said, "Hey, do you know that musician Twink?" And I was like, "Yeah, dude, that psychedelic." We were all into, psych- I mean, we we're all into music. It was a record store. All we did was listen to music and talk about music, and we were all very obsessive about it. So I was like, "Yeah, of course I know Twink." He goes, "Look up there at the counter," and I look over, and at the counter trading CDs was Twink and his mom, <laughs> and. I was just like, oh my god, it's Twink and his mom. Like, he lived with his mom. But yeah, he uh, just, like, ate mushrooms, lived with his mom, and exchanged CDs. And yeah, I mean, that hits pretty close to home, doesn't it? Also, at the record store, Aaron's, I worked in the rare room, which was pretty cool. It was, like, my job to, like judge how cool a record was and all the walls were just lined with records and people would come in there and smoke pot and I'd be like oh my god because I wasn't like smoking pot at the time I'd be like oh my god you guys are smoking pot and (laughs) (laughs) it was just the best anyways Billy Zane used to come in the guy from Titanic you know the a-hole from Titanic and he had these really like specific tastes in jazz like really good taste. This guy, I mean, he knows more about jazz than I'll ever know. But anyways, he'd come in after hours and be like, oh my God, there's Billy Zane. And I'd be like counting down the drawer and he's like, yes, I'll take this one and this one and this one. And I'm just thinking, oh my God, that's the a-hole from Titanic. Anyways, I don't even know what we were talking about. Oh yeah. Why did I choose this song? It's Psychedelia, you know? I mean, it's pure chaos and communication through guitar he communicates through guitar he speaks a language there's language in the noise everything moving on the next song in music of the month the pink room from the twin peaks fire walk with me movie soundtrack it was composed by angelo badalamenti and released on august 7, 1992 by warner brothers records twin peaks fire walk with me is a 1992 psychological horror film directed by david lynch and written by lynch and robert Ingalls. It serves as a prequel to the television series, Twin Peaks, from 1990 to 91, created by Mark Frost and Lynch, who are also executive producers. The film revolves around the investigation into the murder of Teresa Banks and the last seven days in the life of Laura Palmer, a popular high school student in the fictional Washington town of Twin Peaks. The title of the movie comes from a poem recited by Mike and Leland Palmer in the television series. Through the darkness of future's past, the magician longs to see one chant out between two worlds, fire walk with me. This movie, Twin Peaks Fire Walk With Me, came out when I was 14, and it flipped a switch in me that I feel like this was the root of me going haywire as an adolescent. What's great about Twin Peaks Fire Walk With Me, Laura Palmer 17, double life, smoking cigarettes in her bedroom, sneaking out, going out with her friends at night. The double life aspect really intrigued me. And so I had a double life. It's like almost like, I don't know, it's like this movie literally affected my adolescence. But yeah, I started smoking cigarettes, everything. No spoilers in the movie. Just the darkness, the despair, her relationships. Everything was secret, everything was dark. Everybody had a double life. At 14 I was just realizing that I was queer and the importance of double life and the importance of secrets and secret relationships and just the intrigue of it all, too. I'm kind of into... I'm very into privacy, but I'm also into the hidden. So, yeah so why did i choose this song the pink room because it flips a switch in you if you allow it The next song is called Merry-Go-Round by a band called The Aquatics. The Aquatics, this is pretty interesting. I mean, I find all this stuff interesting. I hope you do too. Jeez. The Aquatics were a high school funk band from Hampton, Virginia. They recorded their only album, Doin' It. I love this album name. It's Doin' It with three exclamation marks. It's from 1972. Very, very, very cool that they were still in high school. I mean, ooh. This album has achieved cult status the whole album is great this song though mm. according to dailypress.com the band recorded the album after winning pepsi's new sounds of 1972 contest it was released but only a few hundred copies were originally pressed interesting i want one of those damn over the years boy i got a lot of interesting stories from that aaron's records Over the years, the disc has become a collector's item among funk soul enthusiasts. Hmm. Despite the talent included in the record's grooves, band leaders and bassist Ben Crawford says that the Aquatics didn't survive much longer after the album was released. Huh. Quote, here's what he said. I knew too many of my friends to pursue their dreams without an education, and man, they were screwed when their dreams went up in smoke. I said no thanks. I'm going to stay in school and he joined the air force. The band soon broke up. Oh god. You know some things are meant to be short, you know, like AbFab. What, there was 3 seasons cuz you know they know how to not overdo things. You know, maybe the Aquatics would totally suck if they didn't break up then. I wonder what they think all right why did i choose this song oh because i thought that was pretty interesting about the pepsi contest and the record and this song though mm, just the groove of it the instrumentation the bounce of it it's just like mm, it's sexy it's a sexy song but also dark something about those reed instruments, too, just going, just cutting through everything. and Just like, uh, they just mm, drive through everything. It's so great. All right, last song. This is one of my favorite bands. Well, I guess I should stop saying that because every band on Music of the Month, it, they're all my favorite bands. Goat. Do you guys know Goat? Oh, yeah, this is interesting. The last song, Gathering of Ancient Tribes. Now, this morning, I was, you know, putting the finishing touches on the show. I knew I was going to record today. I was just stoned enough to realize that Gathering of Ancient Tribes, G-O-A-T, GOAT, Gathering of Ancient Tribes, get it? Love that shit. Gathering of Ancient Tribes is off of the album Commune, which is the second studio album by Swedish experimental fusion group GOAT. It was released by Sub Pop, which I was very surprised at, and in Scandinavia on September 24th by Stranded Records. Goat, though currently based in Gothenburg, claims to hail from Korpelombo in Sweden, which according to the band's own publicity, they have a history of voodoo worship after a witch doctor came and lived there. Supposedly, when Christian crusaders came and destroyed the village, the surviving people fled and placed a curse on the town. This has been described as a lovely story, if possible, not entirely rooted in reality. Hmm. The band started playing this band, y'all. I mean, if you just like type into YouTube GOAT live, I I mean, I love them. They're pure psychedelic, pure occult, pure symbolism, pure emotion. I mean, ah. The band started playing music when they were children as part of a local community tradition. And there have been many incarnations of GOAT who have recorded over the last 30 or 40 years. What? I wanna join GOAT. I can play everything. There are now three original core members of the band from Corpolombo. I'm sorry, I know I'm saying that wrong. Corpololombo, but in live concerts, they are augmented by four other performers from Gothenburg, hmm. Oh yes, they quoted something. The songwriting process is strange. Normally, when we play together, we don't play songs, we make music. And every time we play is a new time. Our songs are never really finished, and we never know how they will end up when they start recording. I'm joining GOAT. They're the coolest. Even, like, the masks could represent, like, ego death. I mean, it's so... cool. (laughs) closing the show with a song by Mono Mono called Valentine's Day. I wrote this song last year on Valentine's Day. I was having a bunch of panic attacks and I was living in LA and just everything was just needed to shift and I wanted to write a song that put panic attack into audio form. Anyways, I'm closing the show with Mono Mono Valentine's Day in honor of Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day is Friday. I don't feel bad that I'm single on Valentine's Day. I gotta tell you, being single, I sleep like a baby. And there's, funny, there's a meme out there, you know, that says, oh, I'm sleeping because no one's cheating on me. That's how I feel. I'm laying in bed going, oh, my heart belongs to no one. And I am so happy. And I sleep for eight hours. So I'm gonna hang on to that heart. And I don't think I'm gonna give it to anyone. I mean... If they try really hard for, like, maybe a year, I'll hang out with them. Other than that, I don't think so. Hope you enjoyed the show. Happy Valentine's Day.